guys this is the 3d dynasty podcast on the sports gambling podcast network brought to you by edge boost edge boost enables you to double your bet with no interest go to sports gambling podcast.com edge to get started today we're also brought to you by bird bird dog shorts the world's greatest shorts are hooking you up with free yeti style tumblers when you order over at birddogs.com pool that's birddogs.com pool all right we are going to talk about comeback players today and we are going to have a great guest on, Michael Florio. How are you, sir? I'm doing really well. Uh, happy. Thank you guys both for having me on. Happy to talk some football with you guys today. Yeah, we were talking before the show about Dynasty and uh, about how it's becoming more mainstream. And there's a lot of people been doing it a lot longer than I have. And uh, But to see the awesome, funny videos that you and Marcus and, and Laquan are putting on, it uh, it definitely all all of us guys on Twitter are cheering for you guys when you do that stuff. It's awesome. Appreciate it. Thank you. We uh may have a couple more in the works before uh, before the season gets started. Uh, just a way to keep busy and and have some fun this time of year and keep fantasy in uh in people's minds. Well, I want to show you some of these these uh twitter threads that i've been doing and and get your opinion on what your thoughts are calvin ridley i did a price check for calvin ridley just just really wanted to see what are people thinking ridley versus mclaurin where would you go oh are we talking for this is for dynasty right not just for 2023 so ridley is 28 terry mclaurin only a year younger uh i think terry is the better talent and uh but i think it's really close so give me calvin ridley because i think he's tied to the better quarterback in the better offense there's a possibility that washington could just be looking very different a year from now i agreed and uh and then you have Ayuk. any surprise here with these results here calvin over Ayuk or calvin over dotson or actually Ayuk over calvin calvin over dotson um, I know Brandon Ayuk is younger, but I I still think I'd rather. It's only a three year gap. Yeah, give me Calvin Ridley. I I know everyone loves Brandon Ayuk in in fan in the fantasy world, and I understand why he's a great talent. But sometimes I think that the love is a little bit too high for him just because of the amount of op- options around him and the fact that. He's the worst yak receiver on a offense built around yak. He's more of the downfield threat. And I understand he's going to have some big games. He's going to get his. But, like, are they going to throw the ball a whole lot? Brock Purdy certainly didn't. Brock Purdy, I am 49ers fans don't like me because I'm the negative Brock Purdy guy. I think he's basically Jimmy G, but he just got hot last year. Yeah, and we, we talked about that as far as fantasy. I mean, he was pretty much copy and paste 200 yards, two touchdowns, 200 yards, two touchdowns extremely low air yards and as far as like deep throws i think what is he had the as far as a percentage he had the lowest percentage of deep throws almost like three percent lower than jimmy g everyone says oh he's jimmy g with a stronger arm i'm like he's jimmy g who just got hot i think like remember when jimmy g first started with the niners and he was like red hot and then the league started to figure out like how to stop him we never really got that point with Brock Purdy, but I think it's coming. Um, I know the Niners love him, but I continue to say, like, I think if you throw out Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold could put up great fantasy numbers in this offense. I think 
one of us three potentially could put up good numbers in that offense. Yeah, it's definitely video game, and Kyle Shanahan is just playing the controls. And so um, Johnston and Jamison, so Calvin was uh, Johnston over Calvin, but over Calvin over Jamison. Ooh, see, when you say John, uh, that's uh, Quentin Johnston, right? Yep. Yep. Okay, I, I, I could see why these two, because of how young they are. Um, I, I, I really like Quentin Johnston, and I, I think the rumors of Mike Williams and Keenan Allen's demise are a little bit premature. Like, both of them on a per-route, per-everything basis last year was who they typically always are. The only thing is they can't stay on the field. Um, and I don't know if that's going to change this year. So I like really like taking Quentin, uh, Quentin Johnston in my dynasty leagues, taking him uh, in best ball or redraft as like a fourth receiver because I think he might get a chance to be the one immediately this year if there's injuries. Um, Jamison Williams, though, I will say I'm very, very, very bullish on him. And uh, at, at give me that age difference. I'll take the shot. I, I love Calvin Ridley as well, but... If we're talking dynasty, I think I would because t- you could get Jamison Williams plus more. I think for Calvin Ridley. Yeah, yeah, and that, that's how I look at look at it too. It's about the value, and so you got to look at the cost, and then obviously the value. If this guy's on your team and you can get three times more for him in trade, or, or even just a couple more in trade, then he's more valuable to you. Um, Want to go through these results just real quick? If any results like strike you as. Uh, Surprising, let me know. Burks over Watson, Burks over Pittman, Burks over Debo, Burks over Addison, Burks over Judy, Burks over uh, Burks and Ayuk were tied. Burks over McLaurin, Burks over. So Dotson. many of these stand out to me. <laughs> uh, me too. I'm not a Burks Almost all guy. of them. <laughs> Burks over Johnston by a lot. And you can see they got pretty good votes, you know, over 2,000 votes. The first one was 4,000 votes. Over Marquise Brown, over Pickens by a lot, um, Deontay by a lot. So, um, what are your thoughts about Traylon Burks just in general against those guys? I would take most of them over Trey Burks. I'm not a, and it's not all on Trey Burks. It's the fact that the Titans outside of Trey, like I, I like Chickaquanko, um, but it's mostly because of the price you get him at tight end. Um, but that this tight ends. Titans offense has the chance to be pretty, pretty bad, I would say, this year. Um, and then you're talking about other receivers who are just as young and more proven and explosive, and some of them are tied to better quarterbacks. I I, I think the love with Trey Burks is we look at him and we're like, this is the next A.J. Brown. And at times he looks like he's A.J. Brown, but he's not at, as good at, at anywhere close to A.J. Brown and what they do well. And then what they don't do well, A.J. Brown is way better at. Uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Matt Harmon's reception perception, and I haven't read the Trey Burks one yet, but I looked at the route tree, and it's like, yeah, this guy runs like three routes well, and that's it. So that is uh, that is troubling, troublesome, and if I had Trey Burks on a dynasty roster after seeing these results, I'd be shopping him right now. I mean, you can get some serious price for him. Him for Jordan Addison, straight up. This is all via DLF. Uh, Traylon Burks for Brandon Ayuk and a second round pick. Um, Traylon Burks and Deontay Johnson for Ramondre Stevenson and a first. Like he's just he's bringing some heat right now for for whatever reason. 
Yeah, and so I, I was hoping I had some roster, like some rostership of him, and I didn't. But I, I, I was listening to a dynasty podcast, and they were like, I would take him over everybody in this class, not named Jackson Smith and Jigba. And I was like, a guy that did not have a good year last year. I get it; he's the one, but he's the one because the two is Nick Westbrook Akine. It's not like he's <laughs> the number one over an all star unit, and. They were, they were just saying that, and I, I love the show, but I totally disagreed with their point because I wouldn't take him over Jordan Addison or Quentin Johnston. Um, and, yeah, he's the number one, but he's the number one of a terrible offense that is going to see a quarterback switch in the middle of the year, and he just didn't do enough year one to, to show. There's a lot of guys that showed a lot more. Uh, I appreciate your insight, insight on that, Mike. There's a few others. I like to do these to give people some just some comparisons because – Honestly, I was surprised. I was on a show a couple months a couple months ago. The guy said Michael Pittman was going to be his sell, and I was like, who's buying Michael Pittman right now? I'd rather buy him. Then I did one of these polls, and I'm like, okay, there's a lot of love for Michael Pittman on the streets. I was wrong, and so I think this gives you a good good value of, of what the people are thinking right now, and I do take it with a little bit of a grain of salt. Youth usually does uh, win on these polls a little bit. But uh, let, let's let's check in with the sponsors, and we're going to go into our comeback quarterbacks. Please hang in there. Yeah, we've been talking about Calvin Ridley. We've been talking about Traylon Burks. And look, there's a really nice new way that you can take your love for these players to the next level, and that is Edge Boost, which is the world's first bet now and pay later Visa card. Edge currently offers up to 2500 bucks in betting advances, which can be an extremely valuable tool. So imagine what you can do with an increased bankroll. Maybe you get down on some of your favorite futures, like we just talked about, Traylon Burks, Calvin Ridley. Or maybe you just don't want to tie your bankroll up for months in and months in. So double down on your favorite bet that you use and make some maybe some hedge bets even. Edge Boost isn't some sleazy loan shark because they charge you 0% interest. That's right, big fat donut hole. So do you know of a way that you can access more money to play your favorite bets without paying interest? Because I know I don't. Dave, do you? Mike, you ever heard of that? 0% interest loan? Not very common, right? Edge Boost can also be part of a responsible gambling plan as you can set up daily, weekly, or even monthly limits across all of your betting accounts all in one place. So support us here at SGPN and grow your bankroll by going to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to sign up. Again, that's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge. You must be 21 or older to use. And if you have a problem gambling, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And I want to say thanks, Nathan. Nathan always checks in every week and I appreciate you, man. And uh, for everyone else out there, if you're just, it's your first time listening. Hey, Dad, God, boy. Hey, Dad. Don't forget to hit that subscriber button brought to you by Jakey. Um, let's talk about some comeback quarterbacks. And there was a lot that were on here. And I, I actually I have a bonus one on here for first a bonus question on here for Mike. Mike, should Trey, should Trey Lance be on this? Um, it, it, it doesn't depend on what I think. It depends on what Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers think. Because I think if he's the starter, yeah, he, he could be a QB1 in fantasy purposes. Because the whole reason I'm low on Brock Purdy, the offense here has, I would say, arguably the best weapons in the NFL, and they ask the quarterback to do the least. Uh, so if you you could get that out of Trey Lance, plus what he gives you with his legs, plus that he's the best downfield thrower, or at least he has the strongest arm of this bunch, I think the upside is sky high. But I don't know, man. Everything they keep saying, 
while I'm low on Brock Purdy, it really makes me think that that brass is very high on him. Yeah, and that I I've been been that way. I was really hoping that we would see a trade. I thought you know the Titans would be interesting for Trey Lance with you know Ron Carthon going over there or with D'Amico Ryan's seeing if he would make a jump at it. But we'll talk about the guys that we have here, and I'll I'll let Michael go first. It's gonna make Brad extremely happy because he's a Browns fan. Why is Deshaun Watson a comeback candidate? Leave everything off the field and everything out of it. Because I, 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 I don't care about any of that for fantasy. But I think, rightfully so, we were very harsh on Deshaun Watson because he deserved it. But he came back and he looked terrible. But let's put into you know perspective what it was. Like... He missed the whole first 11 games of the season after not playing the whole year prior in a new offense with a new head coach. And yeah, I understand that he was there at training camp. He played one series, I think it was, of a preseason game, if I'm remembering correctly. Like, yeah, of course he's going to look terrible. I'm pretty sure Patrick Mahomes in that instance would have looked terrible. Remember, look. I know it's sacrilegious to say Michael Jordan didn't win six championships in a row and then just never played basketball besides that, but the year that he came back after a year and a half of not playing basketball, he struggled, and the balls got bounced and stuff. Like Asking an athlete to just step in and be their former great self, it's not how things work. So I think it was Watson shaking off a lot of rust. Now he has a full offseason as the Browns starting quarterback uh, to work with with the, the coaches there and the playmakers there and to kind of really put his fingerprints all over this offense because why were they going to build an offense built around Deshaun Watson last year knowing that they were only going to get six games out of Deshaun Watson? Like, it just doesn't make sense. So I basically look at last season – as him shaking off the cobwebs and everything. And I'm not telling you that he is going to be the Deshaun Watson that he was with the Houston Texans, a top five fantasy quarterback, one of the best. I, I don't know. But I think he is very mu- likely going to be a big improvement over what he was last year. And he still does bring that upside. And I don't need him to be a top five quarterback at his price. If he's top 10, it is worth it for me. So. He is my my fallback if I miss out on one of the top eight quarterbacks. And because I'm high on Watson, I'm really high on Amari Cooper. I'm higher than uh, than some on uh, David Njoku, Nick Chubb. Like I, I'm going to have more pieces of the Browns offense this year than ever before because for the first time in their franchise, sorry, Brad, there's a chance that they have a really, really good quarterback here. Yeah, and, and there's no disagreements here. And, and we talk about like how there's there's not – 12 quarterback ones even though that there's 12 that are called quarterback ones and he really is kind of the end of that territory and then after you know Watson you know Watson and and Prescott are kind of in that same realm it gets you know kind of sketchy out there and there's some good quarterbacks but some like the upside to be one of these like locked and loaded guys he's still there and he's does still I have have a Watson uh, price check thread carries a little bit of value but He's the end of the tier, and so you can still get him at a pretty pretty decent cost. Brad, his ADP is QB ten right now, right, which is right around where Mike just talked about, right. So it does kind of that's that value spike because he can return huge value on that if he returns to form where he's a top three or four quarterback. 
he still has legs, which I think people tend to forget that he does have some of that rushing upside. It's not really talked about a whole bunch. Uh, so if the offense can actually be implemented with him uh, and around him, uh, and one guy I'm high on, Michael, that you didn't talk about is Elijah Moore, another guy that can just get open and be underneath for them where David Njoku can go down the seam and Amari Cooper can do his business downfield. It's just, it is, I think it can be a really balanced offense where Deshaun Watson can take the open man instead of feel like he needs to force the ball in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, and, and, and Cedric Tillman. Yep, I was just going to say on, on the rushing point, Brad, like, yeah, he didn't run a whole lot last year. The Browns probably want, told him not to. They were like, probably don't get hurt and, and show us what you can do as a passer and let's see if you can work yourself back. I expect a lot more rushing this year. I, I think that's a great point. All right, well, we're going to give you the rest in a second. Bird Dog sponsors the show, and they make you look good. Bird Dog stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg to give you a truly sculpted look. Brad's wearing them right now. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. Uh, they fit way better than regular shorts, and those are usually stiff, restricted cotton. Bird Dogs fix this issue by inventing the, their knit fabric that looks like khaki but stretches to give you a way slimmer fit without sacrificing movement. Bird Dogs use an anti-stink sweat ranking fabric, which is great for everyone around you, that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Uh, there's, there's athletes that are that are using Bird Dogs. We use Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com, bachelor's pool, and enter promo code POOL for a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com, bachelor's pool. For the free Yeti-style tumbler, you won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. We promise you. So let's get back into these quarterbacks brad aaron Rodgers had a rocky year last year did not have 20 it didn't have more than 20 points in the game yeah i mean look last year he goes off as at, at adp qb 13 and he finished as the as the qb 13 in some scoring formats obviously there's some variability there now you look at this year he's coming off the board at really just a disrespectful qb 21 like i get it maybe you get two years out of him and he retires but QB 21 for a guy who now goes back to an offense with Nathaniel Hackett, with Garrett Wilson, who can get open at will, Brees Hall, who can catch out of the backfield. I'm not relating him to Aaron Jones, but he gives him that pass catching option out of the backfield. Tyler Conklin, in my opinion, a little bit of an underrated NFL tight end. Maybe we don't like him for fantasy, but from an NFL perspective, I think he helps that team. But I mean, Let's just put his performance in perspective last year. Last year, Mac Jones, over the back half of the season, had more passing yards, a better completion percentage, and a better touchdown-to-interception ratio. Like, that's pretty bad, right? So guys look at it and they say, oh, QB 13. He really, okay, I drafted him at QB 13. That's where he finished. I'm okay with that. Now, anybody who Mac Jones beat in the second half of the season is not somebody I'm excited to start on my fantasy squad. And I think you get to see a little bit of a return to form again, because of that uh, Nathaniel Hackett being the offensive coordinator, it's really going to be an offense that he's familiar with the terminology. And they brought in some pieces that also make him feel comfortable as well with Alan Lazard. Mike, anything to add, agree or disagree? No, I, I think Aaron Rodgers could be a lot better than when he was last year. I think his days of being like a high-end QB1 are gone. Uh, he's not going to give you much with his legs or anything like that. But to me, I, I find I, I think he's a good uh, QB2 with, with the upside to finish as like a back-end QB1. 
Yeah, agreed. And, and, you know, for dynasty purposes, he's even cheaper just because, you know, there's the uncertainty of how long he's going to play. Um, so if you're in a super flex league and you got, you know, Anthony Richardson or something like that you're waiting on, maybe you put Aaron Rodgers in as, as, a, as a bridge. Um, and he's gotten to the point where he's cheap enough to be a bridge, which is nice. Uh, Lamar Jackson, uh, I don't think it's a surprise if he comes back, and, and that's not what I was going for here. But you can't talk about Lamar Jack. You can't talk about upside without Lamar Jackson. And unfortunately, he's missed the fantasy football playoffs two years in a row. So while on the field, he's been solid. He's a, he's at the lowest amid QB two, and he offers you QB one overall upside every single week. Um, and I do think the Todd Monken offense is going to be fun with him. It might take a couple weeks to get going, and you're gonna see you know, you're gonna see Lamar Jackson have a much faster pace offense under Todd Monken. I don't think they're gonna throw the ball an extra 200 times. You know they've always talked about throwing the ball, but I think the diff- the big difference is gonna be the pace of play. They've been one of the slowest, if not the slowest, every single year under Greg Roman. Now you're gonna see more no huddles more model offenses where you're getting to see Lamar Jackson really have fun out there. Uh, they said they're not going to take his super superpower away. He's still going to run the ball. Um, and, and this might be one of the best set of weapons that he's had. He gets Mark. He has Mark Andrews. He gets a healthy JK Dobbins. He's got Rashad Bateman coming back. Zay flowers, Odell Beckham jr. This is a, this is, this is, could be a fun offense uh, with Lamar Jackson. And now he's paid. So he's happy. And so, um, so that's a big part of this too. Anything else to add with Lamar Jackson there, Mike? Oh, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. The one thing I'll add is the fact that he's paid. Maybe he's more likely to try to play through injuries this year. Yeah. Um, and more dropbacks. I know people are always like, that means less rushing. It's like, no, it means less designed runs. But I mean, let Lamar drop back in this, this defense, drop back into coverage and watch Lamar not run. Like he's, he's still going to be fine. Let's move on to the running backs. And so, uh, Mike, DeAndre Swift looks pretty good in that number zero. Um, I don't like him on the Eagles as a Giants fan, but um, I, I do. I did like your pick here, and I put him in my article as well. Why is DeAndre Swift a comeback candidate? The main reason is Jalen Hurts in the Philly offense. Like, look what Miles Sanders was able to do last year, finishing as a top 10 running back with barely any pass game usage. Like, they took him out of that role, and he was still like, all right, I'll just run for, like, 1,300 yards and double-digit touchdowns. And and it's because when you have a quarterback like Jalen Hurts, especially near the goal line, but anywhere, really, you have to be so concerned about him beating you with his legs. We see it with all of these Russian quarterbacks that it just helps open up running lanes for uh, the other running back. Plus, I think DeAndre Swift is a better pass catcher than Miles Sanders. So I think while he's healthy, they'll be more inclined to to get him used both on the ground and in the passing game. Last year, I know he missed a lot of time due to injury and everything. He still led uh, all of running backs in fantasy points per opportunity last year because of the the count of the kind of volume that he was seeing you being used in the passing game uh, near the goal line at times, even though Jamal Williams ate into that. There's no Jamal Williams to eat into that here in Philly outside of Jalen Hurts. So, uh, and my favorite part about DeAndre Swift is despite him being on the best offense he's ever been on uh, with potentially, I would say the highest amount of upside he's ever brought. He is cheaper in drafts than ever before. So to me, 
Uh, I, I thought I would be low on DeAndre Swift after last year. I was like, I'm not doing it again. But the more and more I think about it and talk about DeAndre Swift, the more and more I'm getting excited to draft him. Yeah, Miles Sanders was RB13. It didn't necessarily feel like it. Um, didn't have a lot of upside, but he was very consistent last year. And DeAndre Swift is a much better player. Uh, we'll see what Rashad Penny does in this offense. He is there, but I, I like the upside with Swift. And he, like PPR is just, um, you know, and it's it's contract year for him too. So, um, so he's going to definitely be looking to play. Well, uh, speaking of contracts, we do have some, some breaking news. Uh, and Brad, this is your guy, so I'm not trying to take the wind out, but J.K. Dobbins did sit out minicamp over a contract situation today. Uh, I just saw that here from uh, WJZ Sports. Uh, but Dobbins, he is he's another guy in a contract year. He's fully fully healthy off the ACL injury, which is good. We saw him on, on the back half of the year look much better. Uh, Brad, why is J.K. Dobbins a fancy football comeback? Candidate. Yeah, I think I, I think if you just look at again the finish, he was drafted as RB fourteen last year. He finished as the RB fifty six, right? He he did miss some games. He had another surgery on his knee, a cleanup procedure. But when he came back from that, we saw the J.K. Dobbins of old. And when he's coming off the board currently in dynasty draft as RB fifteen, I think he has the potential to provide way higher value and be a top ten running back. Uh, if not a little bit higher out of this offense. If you look after that cleanup surgery, his explosive nature was still there. In those four games, he averaged eight yards per carry. He averaged over nine yards a carry, 4.9, 5.7, and amassed almost 400 rushing yards through those four games. He only scored one touchdown, and that's where you start to say, okay, well, now what's going on? But if you watch, right, I got the opportunity to sit right on the front row at Browns, Ravens in Cleveland. He had a bunch of breakaway runs. You see the explosion, that short area quickness, but he got chased down on a lot of those runs because he just didn't have his long speed. So that's the concern. You hope that comes back another year removed from the ACL because if he does, he was number two. In the NFL, after he returned, in yard in uh, rushes greater than ten yards, and if he has that long speed back, that number is going to go up, and some of those big runs are going to turn into big touchdowns, and it's going to return huge value to your dynasty team. So I think you have to you have to take it into a little bit of context how his performance was. Look at those last four games. Is it real? Yep, I believe so, and he's worth the draft capital at RB fifteen. Mike, any thoughts on Dobbins? I'm not the biggest Dobbins supporter. Everything you said, Brad, is 100% true. Um, and this is more of a redraft lens than a dynasty one, but my thinking is like I could pay a fourth-round pick for J.K. Dobbins or I could pay a 15th-round pick for Gus Edwards. And Gus Edwards, while not as explosive as J.K. Dobbins, was top seven in runs that went for 10-plus yards last year. So uh, it, it's just the the fact that Despite the injuries and despite the fact that those two could... I, I think Dobbins will lead the way, but I could see them sharing and Lamar's going to get his. I just feel like the fantasy community never lets J.K. Dobbins' ADP slip a little bit, which is why I've never been bullish enough to draft him. But I will admit, everything Brad said is true and the upside is sky high. 
So the guy that I brought to the table was going to be David Montgomery. Um, and I do think David Montgomery is, is pretty sneaky there on that Detroit Lions offense, uh, especially if he gets that Jamal Williams role. I don't expect 17 touchdowns, but I think, you know, he's he's right now being drafted as an RB3. And I think he's got, you know, mid RB2 upside, maybe even higher. Um, Najee Harris, he it got like cool to hate on Najee Harris last year. And like, I get it. It was struggling. He was not very efficient as a runner and he didn't look like himself. He was also running with his steel plate in his shoe. Uh, it's probably not easy to do. I haven't tried it, uh, but he did not look like himself. And yes, Jalen Warren looks good, but everyone that's, if you're excited about Jalen Warren, who's an undrafted guy that never was better than RB 29, then Please keep dropping Najee Harris down the rankings and dropping him down the ADP. Last year, as far as a pass catcher, his A dot was number one as far as running backs. As far as forced missed tackles, as bad as he was, seventh highest in the league at, at running backs. As far as first downs, he was number eleven. As far as as far as yak, number nine. And at the set on the second half of the year, we really saw Najee start to be more efficient as a runner, have a higher yards per attempt. And yes, he's not going to have noodle arm Ben Roethlisberger given 100 targets. But I think the additions to the offensive line are going to be massive. They got Samala from, from Philly, the guard. They added a left tackle, Broderick Jones. They got Darnell Washington in the draft. And they also added another lineman to really try to solidify the, the line there for him. And they, they did it opposite. Like to, to improve your running game, you need to build the offensive line and then the running backs will do better. They really tried to go with the running back to, to fix the running game with a bad offensive line and their yards per attempt went up by like .02. It just doesn't work that way in the NFL. Good football teams have good offensive lines. And so um, hopefully this offensive line is good. They've made improvements. It looks like it on paper. We'll see what it comes down to. Mike, what are your thoughts on Najee Harris? It's funny because today I was actually like, I need to do a deep dive into Najee Harris because I myself, I, I like, I think all of us as a community forget the fact that like early in the season he suffered a high ankle sprain and didn't miss any time, which is remarkable. But it led to him severely losing his burst. So I still want to do a deep dive into his two seasons and see. Uh, if we could come away, if I can come away from that feeling a lot better, but I will even despite all of that, it does feel like Najee's getting drafted closer to the floor than the ceiling right now in early drafts. Um, my only concern is is the offense. Uh, Kenny Pickett and Matt Canada don't give me the most confidence. <laughs> I respect that. And, and so one thing, I was on a show the other day, and they they said, um, how many running backs do you think you know if you were to put a list down have a good we'll say 80% chance of getting 300 touches. It's not a long list. And, and Najee Harris is definitely on there. And there's a lot of guys that are more in the 200 touch range that are being drafted above him um, that, you know, obviously either were better last year or just younger, more exciting players. Let's go on to the receivers. And at the receiver position, we got another number zero, which is uh, looking good over there. Calvin Ridley. Um, we talked about him in the price check. And my price check was before some of these workout videos where he absolutely looks like he has not lost a step. But 
Michael, why is Calvin Ridley a bounce back candidate? Because he's a very good football player. Like <laughs> I, I think people forget about that and the fact that yeah, we haven't seen him play in a year and a half. And the last time we did see him play, he was struggling a bit. But let's remember, that was Matt Ryan's final year with the Falcons. And we saw how poor Matt Ryan played last season as well. I think people are starting to realize, like, hey, maybe Matt Ryan, his best days were behind him at that point. And I, I hate the narrative, like, he can't do it as a number one. No, he can. Like, he put up much better numbers when he was the team's number one than when Julio Jones was there. And, and I mean, that's obvious. But... Doug Peterson has always ran a pass-first offense. His top target historically has averaged just under 125 targets a season, and I think that number could go up. Uh, and the reason I'm, I think Ridley's the top target is because I think he's a better player than Christian Kirk. Like uh, you compare their careers, Calvin Ridley is better. And I know you could say like, well, Christian Kirk didn't really blow up until last season. Calvin Ridley has multiple seasons where he received a higher grade than Calvin, uh, Christian Kirk did last season. Like Christian Kirk is a really good number two who was moonlighting as a number one last year. But I think the two of them together, good luck picking which one you're going to double team. They can both win at all three levels of the field. And then you add in that I think Trevor Lawrence is is due for a breakout. And I, I think he's going to be an MVP candidate this season. Yeah. Uh, it, it is to the moon for Calvin Ridley. No, nothing, nothing else to add to that. Um, Brad, let's talk about Keenan Allen. The theme here is route runners. Yeah, uh, 2022 drafted as a wide receiver, 28. Ended up finishing the season as the wide receiver, 42. He only played 10 games. He missed. But even in those 10 games, he was still on pace for 151 targets for a full season. That is above his season average over the last five years, which is only 149. So anybody who said, oh, well, King and Allen, he's losing a step or this or that, clearly did not watch him play football last season because that is not the case. Uh, hey, okay, the next narrative. Well, they added Quentin Johnston. Well, Quentin Johnston is not a refined route runner that is going to take snaps away from Keenan Allen. Like, that's not happening. If he even gets on the field, he's going to be taking snaps away from somebody like a Mike Williams with a similar skill set. Now, I don't think he's going to remove either of these two guys from the field. He's going to be on uh, on the field in three wide receiver sets and not replacing these dudes. But the other piece of this is they got a new offensive coordinator in Kellen Moore. So you think about, okay, well, what can we expect with Kellen Moore? He's had three pass catchers in 2020 and 2021, all three of which had over 100 targets. In 2020, it was Amari Cooper, it was CeeDee Lamb, and it was Michael Gallup. And then in 2021, it was CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, and Dalton Schultz. So the Kellen Moore offense, and you look at the amount of passing volume that Justin Herbert has been comfortable with or used to in his tenure in LA, it does lead, hey, there's going to be enough targets to go around to make Austin Eckler continue to be the guy, Keenan Allen to continue to be the guy, and then splitting for, uh, uh, receptions between Mike Williams and Quentin Johnston. So I am not in any way, shape, or form concerned about Keenan Allen. I think he returns to form, and if he's able to stay healthy, he's going to be another top tip, top 15 wide receiver for yet another season. Mike, any thoughts on Keenan? Oh, uh, I agree with what uh, with what Brad said. I think the the 
Rumors of his demise are being greatly uh, exaggerated right now. Health is the only concern, but you get that health discount baked into him right now. Yeah, and with Justin Herbert, I mean, he had just, I mean, it's story of the Chargers, but the left tackle gone, they shuffled the offensive line around quite a bit, but that injury really kind of hampered him for majority of the season. You didn't see him run as much, um, you know, the shoulder injury, the rib injury. And so I'm looking forward to seeing Justin Herbert back and healthy. Um, and, and this, this could be a really, really fun offense. Um, I know Eckler said he's, he's only obligated to be there one more year. It doesn't, doesn't sound very happy. And so uh, I'm interested to see if they add another one of these running backs, you know, there's a lot of free agent running backs out there. Joshua Kelly's sitting out there um, as the number two right now, Isaiah Spiller. Um, they could be in the market for Zeke or Kareem Hunt or, uh, you know, I don't think Dalvin Cook, but we'll see. Um, I have Deontay Johnson, and Deontay Johnson is another guy, and I'm not a Steelers fan, but I picked Steelers. It just feels like, again, people, they like to hate on certain players, and Deontay drops in stone hands. Like, I like George Pickens, but he, Deontay Johnson is doing a lot of the same stuff, and he's doing it at a higher volume. Uh, last year... He had all those yards, all those receptions. It was the third highest in, in the, the league history as far as having 800 and it was 876 yards with no touchdown. He's going to score some touchdowns this year. And he's going to, again, lead the Steelers in targets. And you're getting him in your super flex ADP as wide receiver 36. I mean, they're just forgetting about how good this guy is. And... I know there's some younger players out there. He's he's a route runner. He's always open. He's under contract. And this this team, Mac, you know, Matt Canada and Mike Mike Tomlin have peppered him with targets for years and years to come. And he's been one of the most he- you know, healthy as far as the receivers. So um, you know, trade value, probably a late first for Deontay Johnson right now. Um, but ECR has him at wide receiver 34 which is, you know, a little bit higher than where he's being drafted. And uh, I think he's, you know, he's solid, especially in your PP, full PPR formats, as a, not as a wide receiver one, but as a wide receiver two or three, and he's being drafted, you know, as a wide receiver three. You, you talk about, uh, you know, Michael talk, brought up Matt Harmon's reception perception. You go, go, go look up Deontay Johnson's reception perception. If you don't have a subscription, you're missing out. You better go get it taken care of because it's one of the best tools out there. It's it's just a green light. Every route is green. green. He wins at everything. He's he never loses. It's ridiculous. And it's just year after year after year. You go and look. He just breaks the mold. Uh, and and it's talked about in basically every year that Matt Harmon writes about him. It's this dude just breaks reception perception because he it, he wins like nobody else does. So uh, it's if you don't believe in him, just go look at some of the statistics behind it because there's there's proof in the pudding there. Mike, completely agree. I, I'm high on Deonta. He earns targets at such a high rate. George Pickens does stuff that's more aesthetically pleasing, but he earned targets at the lowest rate last year amongst receivers who were on the field as much as he was. Let's move on to the tight ends. And, you know, I, I appreciate you, Mike. You, you started off with Deshaun Watson for Brad and you ended with Darren Waller for me. Um, <laughs> was happy to see his name on the list. Uh, why is Darren Waller a bounce back tight end? 
Because he's Darren Waller. Like, he could still play at a an extremely high level. I understand last season he missed time due to injury. And when he was on the field, he didn't look like himself. But that was because he was typecasted into a different role than he normally played. They tried to make him more of a field stretcher. And I think he's best used in, like, the intermediate part of the field. And there's already reports out of the Giants camp that he is making a huge difference there. And when it comes to tight end, a lot of the times, like, we want volume. Like... On a per-route basis, Darren Waller was maybe not as good as he was a couple of years ago, but he is still up there with the very best tight ends in football. So then it comes down to volume. And, like, look, I'll put Travis Kelsey ahead of him. I'll give you Mark Andrews. Sorry, my dog really wants to talk about Darren Waller right now. Um, But after that, I, you cannot tell me there is a tight end who is going to get more volume if he stays healthy than Darren Waller. Yeah, volume and air yards. Like, he's not only going to get targets – He's going to get high volume or high, high value targets. And, you know, not a lot of, not all tight ends are going to be getting targets on the second and third level of the field. And, and that's where, you know, Waller has some, some really, really valuable um, as far as a per target basis on fantasy points in his career. Uh, Brad, something I noticed by when I was looking up the, the images for this, like, Irv Smith wearing the Vikings 84. Like, why is that not retired? And maybe that's been the jinx for him. Like, I wouldn't touch that. If that, like, no way. So Irv Smith, he's on the Bengals now. I don't know what number he's wearing, but there's no 81. famous 80, 81. 81. Uh, look, I, I had to – most of these were, okay, yeah, we could see these as bounce back players. You know how I am. I got to throw one kind of like, oh, really, Brad? That's what you're going with? But but hear me out. It, tight end 22. What are you getting at tight end 22? Is there any upside there at all when you look at these guys that are going after him? No. Is there upside with an Irv Smith, an athletic pass-catching tight end connected to Joe Burrow? Not saying he's going to be a top two target with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins there, but we saw multiple weeks where Hayden Hurst was usable. Hayden Hurst, a 29-year-old tight end, was usable. Burrow had 92 targets to the tight end position last year. That's a lot of targets. That's a lot. Now, I don't think Irv Smith's getting all 92, but at the cost in a dynasty draft of tight end 22, if I'm punting the tight end position, this is a guy I want on my squad because he could hit. And then you look at what's the potential look like. Maybe he gets a contract. Now I'm reaching a little bit, right? Forecasting. Could he play himself into a two-year contract to stay with Cincinnati? And Cincinnati lets T. Higgin walk because they don't want to pay him and Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow all at the same time, right? Is there a world where he turns into a top two target for the Cincinnati Bengals? And again, at a tight end 22 cost, I'm willing to take that shot, right? He makes sense in those later rounds of your dynasty drafts, and I'm going to take that shot. The last thing to mention, and, and you got to take these, every all of these are with a grain of salt. You got to find a beat reporter that you trust, those news anchors that you trust. There are a lot of positive reports coming out of camp around Irv Smith. A lot of it for me is not the, oh my God, he caught a touchdown in the corner of the end zone. They're not wearing pads. It's seven on seven. Everybody looks good then. What I do care about is the fact that he's been reported as the last person to leave the field. 
He's working on the jugs machine. He's running. He's doing this. He's doing that. Multiple reports as him as the last player off the field in practice. And that's what I want to see. I want to see the dedication and, and obviously the health side of things once he gets on the field that he's going to get the opportunity to be as good as what we had hoped that he could be when he was he was drafted by Minnesota. Yeah, and, and he's playing for a contract for anybody. I mean, he didn't have a market this year. He went to a great situation in hopes of earning a contract, whether it's with the Bengals or somebody else. Um, tight ends are hard to find in Dynasty and, and fantasy football. They're hard to find in the NFL. And so if you can get a difference maker tight end position, it's a big deal. And so, um, Mike, what are your thoughts on Irv Smith? Let Irv swerve. I, I was always a big believer of his and, and his talent. Uh, a lot of target competition there in Cincinnati, but I do agree at his price, there, there's no other tight end that brings that sort of upside. Yeah, and so Kyle Pitts, you know, in the dynasty community, he's he's got insulated value for a very long time because his age. I mean, he's still, he's barely able to drink. I think he's 21 years old. Um, and he's already had a thousand yard season uh, under his belt. And, and there's not a lot of tight ends that have had thousand yard seasons before they were 21. Normally it takes 24, 25 years old, you know, season you know, three or four. I think uh, Mark Andrews was a little earlier than that. Kelsey, he wasn't, you know, crushing it year one. George Kittle wasn't crushing it year one. It takes a little while. Last year, Mariota, he's playing it safe. Um, a lot of his dropbacks turned into runs. Talking about that earlier. Um, this is a team that, run, that ran the ball more than anybody else. And then, um, you know, Kyle Pitts also had a couple, you know, he had some red zone targets, but he got stopped at the one a few times. And uh, it was just really, really frustrating for, for fantasy managers. From a redraft standpoint, he might end up being more of a value. From a dynasty standpoint, he is never going to be a value. Or it's going to take a little while for that to happen. But I don't want people to ignore Kyle Pitts and, and think all was bad last year. As far as we talked about, you know, ADOT, you're looking, if you got a thousand yards, you're a top 12 tight end. This guy was number one in ADOT as far as, as far as tight ends per game. On a force missed tackles, he was number seven. And, and as far as playing in the slot, he was 11th. In the slot, and sorry, he was number third. It was number three in yards per reception. Slot, he played the slot eleventh most out of the tight end position, and then yards per carry, he was he was twelve uh, yards yards after the catch, yards after the catch. And so, when you're talking about Kyle Pitts, you're looking at a rare athlete, and you're getting these these tight ends in the eight, nine, ten range, where yeah, they're they're gonna they're gonna get some receptions. But they don't have the upside. And the difference between tight end six and tight end nine last year, you're looking at 80 points. As far as Travis Kelsey, he was just in a whole nother, nother league. But if you're going to try to compete with you know other, other managers, you're going to need someone that's going to have some upside. And you look what they did on the offense this year. They got a good offensive line. They added B. John Robinson, which will definitely help the passing game. Desmond Ritter, they've you know they've shown that you know there's some confidence in him. They've brought in Mac Hollins. You have Kyle Pitts, Mac Hollins, and Drake London. It's a basketball team, but Kyle Pitts is still the number two on this on this offense. Calvin Ridley leaving, officially being out of there, is is going to be an improvement for Kyle Pitts as far as 
continuing his, you know, where he's playing down the field, playing outside, playing in the slot, as well as his targets. And I think Bijan Robinson's going to help Kyle Pitts and taking some pressure, you know, off of, you know, off the passing game um, and people having to worry about the run. Uh, what do you think about the Atlanta offense in general? Um, just Bijan Robinson, Desmond Ritter, a lot of young pieces over here. Drake London, uh, Mike. What are your thoughts, Kyle Pitts, and the others? I'm a Kyle Pitts stand. That's no surprise, I think, to many. I him and Waller are my tight ends three and four. Um, I'm bullish on him. I, I like Drake London a lot. Uh, Bijan's a top five running back for me. Um, Desmond Ritter, I think, brings a lot of upside, even though you get him cheap, just because of the pieces around him and that he's very fast. And if he runs, he could add some value with his legs. Uh, I don't want to trust Arthur Smith again after he broke my heart last year, but I keep saying, like, nothing that happened last year was Kyle Pitts' fault. Marcus Mariota, outside of Zach Wilson, was the worst quarterback in football. 60% of the passes to Kyle Pitts were uncatchable. He, when he got hurt, he was by far leading the, the position in deep targets. 14 of them, no one else had double digits. One of them was caught because Marcus Mariota was the worst deep ball thrower in football. So yeah. I just think naturally this offense is going to get better. Yeah, I remember seeing some of the lowlights and like somebody put a low light video up. It was like, man, I can't believe Kyle Pitts, Kyle Pitts is catching this as like Marcus Mariota spraying the ball all over the field, like hitting cheerleaders and mascots. So, um, Mike, it's always fun. I appreciate it. Uh, make sure you guys give Mike a, a, a follow. I always got my notifications on, even during baseball season. Uh, always <laughs> has good breakdowns, especially uh, you know during the season with the running back snaps and the running. You know, I really, really have always loved that. And uh, one of the nicest guys. I, I always tell the, the story. The first time Mike came on the show, I was nervous and said, "Hey, uh, how many retweets will it take?" And Mike was like, "None. Just uh, let's do it." And so um, I really, really always been, always been a fan, but really appreciated that. Um, it was the first time to get someone like you on the show and love seeing what you're doing over there on the NFL network. I appreciate it so much. And, and Brad and, and both of you, Dave, thank you both so much for, uh, for, for having me on today. This was a really good time. Brad, anything before we go? No, I'm good. Hey, having a little That's sip of bourbon. I can't do that without, but Cheers and good luck. Yeah. All right. A little Tennessee whiskey. All right, everybody. As always, good luck this season.